Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Rolling Chanel. Are you going to explain what our podcast is about? Because you like to always do that at the start. That's a radio thing. Like you always have to assume that people haven't heard anything prior to that, Mm. that they're new. Okay. Well, this is how it goes. You tell a story, I tell a story, and then we chat afterwards. That's right. Oh, I've got a present for you. What? Yes. Look what I bought you. Oh, it's like a... At great expense to the management. Um because there's a lot of Halloween stuff being sold. It's a meat cleaver. Headpiece. It looks like I've It's like a headband. That, so it looks like you've been chopped in the head by a cleaver. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Did Thank you like you. that? That's all right. Actually, I was intrigued by the label because it's in a foreign language. I don't know what. Cleaver a través de cabeca. Stop doing accents. There's accents coming tonight. Oh, don't you no. worry. Here we go, back to the start for the people that haven't listened to us. Dee Dee always loves doing accents, even though Dee Dee is shit What have I done? I've done French, I've done German, I've done... And tonight you're going to get a new accent. All right, well, we might as well start with you then so that you can get the accent out of the way. Well, I'm nervous to start with me because I have... Kirsten has been a little nervous because she knows what each of us is doing. We don't know what each other is doing, but I think she's worried that we are both doing the same subject tonight. You're going to wear your cleaver throughout. I think so. Can I take a photograph of you doing that? I would like to talk about body snatching. That's what I'm talking about. I knew... Can we talk about body snatching, just that phrase for a second? Because yes. it's body – snatching something seems like a really quick thing. You're snatching a body. It would not be easy to snatch a body. Can you imagine snatching a body? It would be – it's not quick. You're right. It's going to take time. Yes. And it's not illegal to steal a body. What? Because – think about it – nobody owns the body. You yeah, don't but- own another person. You don't own their body just because they're dead. Sounds like that song they sing at the end of <laughs> what? First Wives Club. Oh, you I don't, don't know. own me. Kirsten, right, so that sound effects. That- she loves that- any, any reference. You don't own me. Don't try to change me in any way. You don't own me. Don't tie me down because I'll never stay. That means the person that hates you could dig up your body and keep it. Yes, or your ex-boyfriend or your ex-husband. Well, grave robbing is a crime. You're not allowed to steal from a grave. But the body itself, it's it doesn't belong to anyone. So technically, you can take it. So uh, this was actually after we spoke to Andrew Heggie, Professor Andrew Heggie. Um, we are talking about bodies being cut up for science. And that's what made me think, where did they used to get all those bodies? Because you know you see in all those old weird Victorian etchings, there's pictures of people slaying bodies yes. and organs and, and a million different medical folk. So um, they used to, the courts used to condemn people to death and they would condemn prisoners or guilty people to dissection. That was their punishment. You will be oh. dissected because oh, the bodies horrible. were needed. Well, it was a win-win situation. Do you remember in high school when you had to dissect a frog? We did rats. 
and I got a pregnant one. It was the most upsetting <gasps> thing. I know. The rat was yellow. It stunk. You had to put your ba- hand into the bag and do it. Well, and she you didn't had, know it was pregnant, obviously, until no, you cut it open. cut it open and there was this sort of – I'm thinking, what's that lumpy chain? And it was like the babies were – it was like they were a, a giant sausage inside the thing. There was like baby, baby, baby all lined up. It was – the most distressing thing, apart from when we had to do the eyeball. Did you do that? Yeah, we did a a, cat, a cow, a bull's eyeball or something. I bull's think we eyes, had sheep's eyes, yeah, something like that. Once Nicholas killed a spider in our house and he smacked it with a thong, and a thousand babies came out of it. Oh, and they went everywhere. And I was sitting on the dog on the cat, not the dog on the couch with the dog, screaming at him to get the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's all I did. Oh. Uh, so in the 1700s, people were executed for trivial crimes, but by the 1800s. They there were only about this is in England. There were only about fifty five people being sentenced to capital punishment each year. So that means only fifty five bodies a year. So there was a shortage of cadavers and an increase in the number of medical schools. Mm. So where are all these extra bodies going to come from? Um, interfering with a grave was a crime, even though the actual stealing the body was not. Right. But they made enough money from selling the body to the medical schools. That it was worth the risk of getting caught looking like you were stealing from a – yeah. Relatives, so to to not have their their dead person stolen, they would watch over the body of their loved ones until the burial and apparently then to stop the grave being violated, sometimes they had these little iron – it was called a mort safe. It was just like an iron cage that would go over the grave. There was those. Um, Sometimes they would store the bodies in a thing called a mort house – until it started to decompose and then they would bury it because oh. once it had started to decompose, it was of no use to the medical school. How much you get for a body? I think it was around about, depending on the year, but around about t- uh, seven to ten pounds. Now, they got more for them and I uh, worked it out that it's around about 900 Australian dollars. Worth it. About 666 <laughs> US dollars. You're winning. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was pretty good money. And they got more for them in the winter because they would last longer. Oh, of course. In the frozen. summer, they'd go off a bit quicker. Mm. So um, another way they would do it, because people would watch where the body had been buried, the body snatchers mm. would dig a hole, not next to the grave, but a few metres away, 20 metres away or so. They would go down, tunnel, tie a oh. rope around the feet of the body. Drag it out. Drag it out and pop it up, which I'm picturing like that scene in the beginning of Caddyshack where the gopher keeps popping up. I'm all right. And coming up out of the ground. We have to stop singing. Okay. I don't know if people like it. It's very bad. Sorry. So I wanted to tell you about the worst of the body snatches. I'd be really pissed if someone stole my body. Think about all the years you look after your body. Yeah. All that time, you, it rains outside, you run to keep your body out of the rain because you hate, and then someone just, you know. Takes it and cuts cut it Cut your up. hair, you look nice, you wax your legs every now and then and someone just steals your bod. I've never waxed my legs. I'm a shaver. Oh, I'm too so scared I. I don't know that. why I said that. I wanted to sound like I was really a lady. Some of the, uh, the worst body snatches were a couple called Burke and Hare. This is in 1828 in Edinburgh in Scotland. I did actually. I didn't realise there was an opportunity for an accent here, but there is. <laughs> Wonderful. In 1827, 
uh, a lodger in so here one of the two Burke and here here had a house and this guy was lodging and he died of dropsy don't even know what that is and um Hare was worried that the other people who wanted to come and stay in his lodging house would be a bit put off by a dead person or a diseased person in there. Sure. So he took the body and he sold it to one of the local anatomists and realised that he was getting good money for it. So a carpenter gave him a coffin. After he left, they opened the coffin, they removed the body, they hid the body under the bed, they filled the coffin with bark and they had that buried. And then he went off and saw this guy called Dr Knox who was the one who was quite keen for more bodies. He, Dr. Knox had been advertising that um, he did an anatomical studies and he was getting over 400 pupils per class. Oh. So, the, yeah, he was quite keen for them and he was happy to pay for them too. So two months later, after selling that first body, Hare and his mate Burke realised that there was this was a, a business they could be into. So rather than waiting for someone to die, they actually murdered someone. Oh, their first murder was a, a, a guy called Joseph, who was again lodging in the house. And to kill him, they did this method, which has been described as ingenious, where one of them would sit on the person's chest and the other one would sort of stop him from being able to breathe, holding his mouth and nose. A modern day historian has looked back at it and said that this method of killing would have been practically undetectable until the era of modern forensics. So back then, no one would have known how that person had died. But they probably weren't that smart. They just wanted to keep the body intact. They could sell it. They didn't want to stab them or something. You're right. You're right. Yes. Uh, So they killed that guy, sold him. There was an English male lodger from Cheshire. He fell ill with jaundice. He was, when I was reading this, it said he was a travelling seller of matches and Tinder. And I sort of skimmed oh. over it and went, Tinder? I didn't have Tinder in those days. <laughs> no, How I think fast forward of them. <laughs> I think he met the, it was firewood, wasn't it, to start. So again, suffocated him. Um, and then they developed this uh, method where they would get people. So there was a salt seller, not a salt seller that you have in your kitchen, but she was a person who sold salt. Uh, named Abigail Simpson. They invited her home. They gave her lots of alcohol, got her very, very drunk, and uh, she fell asleep and they killed her and they sold her body to Knox. So they had quite a little business going here. There was another woman called Mary Patterson, another one called Janet Brown again, got them drunk on whiskey when they fell asleep. Same thing. They've got their whole method going. Um, There was a woman called Mrs. Haldane, described as a stout old woman. There was her daughter a few months later. She didn't know that her mother had been killed by these two. Um, There was a young woman named Effie, a cinder gatherer. I'm just fascinated by their... Occupations. Occupations, yeah. Another one was just a person they found who was a bit too drunk to stand. So on and on and on it goes. There was one in particular, uh, an old woman, and they've described it as a dumb boy, her grandson, mm. which so he, he couldn't communicate for some reason. And um, later when they were spoken to and when this sort of ended up in court, one of the two said that that was the murder that really disturbed him because they killed the mother first and then they took the boy in to the same room that they killed the mother in and they killed him. And he said he was just, when he recalled the boy's expression, 
Um, that was just that was the first time that he actually became upset about it. And there was a woman called Mrs. Osler who'd been there to do the laundry. Again, got her drunk, killed her and Dougal. Um, it goes on and on and on. There was a guy called, and I nearly got caught, there was a guy called James Wilson, an 18-year-old who, who had a limp. He had deformed feet, which I'm going to assume mm. is probably a club foot. He was mentally disabled and according to a woman named Alana Knight who wrote a history of the murders, he was described as inoffensive and he was known locally as Daft Jamie. So he was obviously just someone known around the town Mm. and um, when they did the same to him, took him back, killed him, sold him to the medical school, at the medical school somebody in fact, several of the students thought they recognised it to be him. So Knox, the head of the medical department, realised that he was about to get caught in being part of this whole scam. So he quickly removed the head and the feet <gasps> so that... There was no identifying features. Yeah, this is horrible. The final victim was a woman called Margaret Doherty. She was at the house with a couple of other women and these two other women turned out to be the whistleblowers because Burke and Hare killed Margaret Doherty using their tried and true method, getting her drunk, and they decided not to take her body out. In fact, the two of them got drunk themselves and they ended up in a fight. So they didn't remove her body from the house that night. They put her at the end of the bed under some straw. Idiots. And the the other two women who ended up dobbing, they were a bit suspicious as to why they weren't allowed to look in the bedroom. What what did they have there? (laughs) Nothing to say. They reported it to the police. And uh, the police obviously went and investigated and they found out what had been going on. So in total, 16 people were murdered by Burke and Hare. Um, Oh, they had a good run. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Mm. Now, Dr Knox, he faced no charges, but the two of them were sent to court. Both of them pleaded not guilty. Um, the trial at the time was the the big trial in town. Everyone wanted of to course. see what would happen with this. The um, the jury can retire to consider its verdict well, on Christmas Day of all days, and they returned fifty minutes later, delivered a guilty verdict against Burke. They only got him on that final murder. Oh, they couldn't chase him up on all the others, um, and they passed the death sentence against him. And here's the here's the clincher in this: the judge in the case ordered him to be publicly dissected and anatomised. Would you go to watch that? No. And he said, and I trust that if it is ever customary to preserve skeletons, yours will be preserved in order that posterity posterity may keep in remembrance your atrocious crimes. Uh, So Burke, now hang on, was that Hare or Burke? I'm getting them confused. Yeah, that was Burke. So for some reason, oh, so they hanged him to kill him in front of a huge crowd. They're saying as many as 25,000 people. Wow. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, his corpse was publicly dissected by a different professor. And when they were doing the dissection, the professor at the time, Munro was his name, he dipped his quill pen into Burke's blood and wrote, this is written with the blood of William Burke, who was hanged at Edinburgh. This blood was taken from his head. His skeleton was given to the Anatomical Museum of the Edinburgh Medical School, where it remains to this day, and his uh, death mask. And a book said to be bound with his tanned skin <gasps> can be seen at the Surgeon's Hall Museum. And hair was released. He was taken out of town, put on the road and told to make his way to the English border and he was never heard of again. Da-da, da-da. 
and all of this, sorry, this is the last bit, they, this led to the, um, the passing in Parliament of the Anatomy Act, which authorised dissection on bodies from workhouses unclaimed after 48 hours. So they basically made up some proper rules as to you had to prove that you got the body from a good place. Oh, well, that's great. Mm. There you are. It took them 16 dead people to work that out. What's your body snatcher? Well. Yes. I want to talk about Jean Stevens, who lived in Pennsylvania. Well, I think she still does live in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm. She loved her husband. Yes. She really did. She married him. It was the love of her life. His name was James. They were married for 60 years. Gosh, that's a long time. It is a long time. It's a long time to commit. My mum and dad just had their 60th wedding anniversary and Mm. got a telegram from the Queen. Isn't that lovely? 60 years, wow. Mm. I'm at 13 and I feel like... You're not married. No, but I'm 13 years with the same person. Why aren't you married to him? I don't know. Because he's afraid I might kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why. Because I keep talking about it on this podcast. (laughs) Anyway, he was in the army. He served in World War II, so very good man. Mm -hmm. Um, Afterwards, he was a mechanic. But in 1999, he died of Parkinson's disease. Yeah, she was heartbroken. It was the love of her life. So she went and dug him up. Mm, Okay. She did. And she kept him in her garage. Oh, dear. Yeah, because she wanted to keep him close. But this comes back to what you always say. How did she do that? Well, I don't know. And there were questions around if she actually dug him up Could she do that alone? Well, this is the thing. Or if someone else did it, she's always cagey about it. But there was someone else that Jean really loved, her sister. What? Mm, her twin sister. What? Yeah, her twin sister, June. She also loved her twin sister, June, very much as a sister. Not in a weird way. Don't oh, go there. Just, yeah. She liked her sister. Okay. Right? Hang her on, sister, hang on, hang on. You're okay with the whole digging up a dead body bit. That's love. Yeah, la, la, we weren't la. getting here's, like... Here's a nice story. Yeah, we, <laughs> but we, we were getting, getting incestual. The she just really liked her twin sister. <laughs> she was also very close to her twin sister, who by chance was married to her husband's brother. So they were sisters and they were sisters-in-law. Oh. Now, she lived very far away, but they would always speak on the phone because they loved each other so much. But in October 2009, her sister died. Oh. Mm. Now, she wanted to be close to her sister, so she buried her sister in the backyard. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Well, she did. Are you Yeah. She That's didn't tell a- anyone, I don't think, and then she buried her in the backyard. There's a question. Oh, so... so- not legally. So I wonder if you are allowed to bury someone just anywhere you like. Well, then she missed her sister, so she went and dug her up. <gasps> oh. Yeah, she kept her sister in the spare room. Oh. Yep, and she would spray her with her perfume every oh. now and then. And she told reporters she'd talk to her every now and then. Oh. Yep, she said I'd fix her face up all the time. Oh, dear. Mm. That yep. would be so disturbing because it would be well, your yeah, face. Yeah, because the sister's in the spare room and... Old mates in the garage. Imagine being a twin. That must be, that would be Mm. very, that would be 10 times harder than for a normal person to lose a twin. Well, they say, and they say twins have a very different bond to normal siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Not always. And I have heard of cases where identical twins, one of them has passed away and the one that lives is just a haunting reminder for the rest of the family. I know a family where that happened, where one twin has died in a horrible accident and everyone has to see 
the living yeah. one. How awful for the living one. You would feel guilt. You would have that. Reminder. Is it called survivor guilt? Yeah. Mm. It would be awful. I knew a girl once. I worked with a girl once who um, her twin died at birth. Mm. And she said, I just don't feel like a, a whole person. Really? And she would sort of, yeah, she was, it was like there was a shadow there. She, she would sort of, if you walked along a corridor towards her, instead of walking past you and going, hi, how are you going? She would stand back against the wall. It was like she was always oh. excu- excusing herself for even being there. It was really disturbing, actually. Um, okay, so we're. Well, Jean went and dug up her sister. Yeah. And she put her in the house, spraying her perfume, fixing up her face all the time. Oh. Now, she said she wanted her husband there because she wanted to be able to look at him and touch him and when she was so what happened is someone dobbed her in yeah someone said she's got two deados in the house yeah yeah and the cops came and got them and when she was asked why she cooperated 100% cooperated sat down had a chat with the cops this is why I'm claustrophobic and I feel like it's really bad for them to be under the ground, and I know oh. they're dead, but I feel like they're suffocating, so I dug them up. I get that. It, that's but that's what we're just saying. Yeah. She's feeling her twins, whatever. And what about circumstances? The well, I don't know. Yeah, I can't it's a bit explain. Weird. It's more about the twin, I think. Anyway, it gets weirder. Oh no, it doesn't. Mm. Does they it? gave the bodies back to her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they did. They gave the bodies back to her on the proviso yes. that she had to build a mortuary. Oh. So she did. She built an above-ground mortuary. Yep. She's kept the bodies. They're there, in there, and she plans to perhaps go and get her parents as well who have also died. She's thinking about ways she can go and get her parents and put them in there. So maybe you are allowed to have a dead body Well, I think so. They tried to charge her. They were trying to work out what they could charge her with. But the coroner came out and said she's been very forthcoming with why she did this. She's cooperated. So... I'm not sure we will charge her. Isn't she hasn't been charged yet. Oh. Yeah, that was back that was almost 8 years ago. So she has those bodies. In I her wouldn't house. want to live next to her. Well, what is she what's going to happen to her body? That's a good question. Because if they go to sell the house, you know how they have to declare if there's been a murder or something in the house, they have to disclose that. <laughs> By the way, there are some bodies. It's a family that used to live in my house, I live in the oldest house in the world. Stop it. Came to visit me and said when, that their mum, so she was in her 90s I think at the time, when she dies, can we come and sprinkle her ashes <gasps> in the garden? No. Yes, they did. And it was the most awkward position to be in. Because Wait, on the oh. spot they asked you at your front door? No, they came in and had a cup oh. of tea. She was sitting there they still alive at the time. They came in with an agenda time. though. They came in with, Wait. The woman was there. She was sitting there at my kitchen table in her 90s what? and her daughter, who was said, when what a, mum Wait, died. what episode are we right now? <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? I thought I already told you. 14? It's and, episode 14. Yeah. We've done 14 hours of podcast and you just want to come in now and tell us yeah. that a woman knocked on your door and said, hey, when I die, can I be sprinkled in your backyard? Well, no, her daughter did. So... Dorothy was sitting at the table and her daughter, who was visiting from England, said, when mum dies, 
can we come back here and sprinkle her ashes here? Because she loved the house. She loved growing up here. What? And what did you say? Well, I was inclined to say yes at first, but the rest of the fa- – because I thought, yes, it's a bit of ash, whatever, um, and I've got a golden retriever and I know darn well, you know, he'd go yeah, straight for it. Yeah, rubbing his whole body all over the rose garden and you know he's going to come inside and shake all her ashes all yeah. over your floor. I, the rest of the family weren't too thrilled. Um, but funnily enough, it was the previous owner of the house. So they, those people were from like t- two owners back. The last owner of the house, the ones we bought from, mm. she arced up. She was like, no, how dare they? they oh, so then they, they saw no- you as fresh meat. They were like, there's a new <laughs> owner. We're going to go out. And the other lady said, no, but we've seen the sold sign. Maybe they'll be nicer. <laughs> anyway, we went with no in the end. She was very nice about it. But um, I mean, I'm just glad she asked and didn't just come and dump a On body the spot, in the I'm not done with this. On the spot or yes. you said we need some time to think about it and you came back to her? I said I need some time to think about it. And then you told her on the phone or back come back Texts. over? Oh, text. Yes. I've probably still got them somewhere. Text. No, you can't sprinkle your mum all over the <laughs> no. garden. What no. did she write back? Oh, she was fine. She was saying, you know, thank you for considering it and totally They're going to break into your house and do it. I reckon she's going They're to. They're 100% yep. going to chuck it over yep. the fence. Yeah, well, I'm just, they I'm are. still have the, um, the you, golden retriever. If the golden retriever starts going off in the middle of the night and you see sprinkles of <laughs> dust... What's the lady's name? Don't say her surname. What's her first name? The dead lady. Oh, she's dead now. Oh, she's gone. Yeah, she's oh. died. Yeah. No, I'm hoping they've buried her somewhere. What's her name? First Dorothy. Name. Dorothy's in the backyard. <laughs> she's a lovely she lady is. too. I wouldn't see because I liked her. I wouldn't have minded having her there. I'd met her in life a couple of times. Um, should we do a couple of feedback emails, Chanel? Let's. Okay. Would you like to go first? Well, we've got Anne Marie who contacted mm-hmm. us on Facebook. She says she loves our podcast. Um, I was. That's what I wanted to ask you. Makes me feel where awkward. There's, yeah, me too. Where there's like a compliment or something nice, do we do we read that bit too? I don't know. I don't know if people are going to hate us. We did this last time we spoke about feedback. It really makes me squirm. Again, when I heard it back, I was irritated by us. So yeah. let's not. Okay, say the let's nice not. Okay, on. nice bits. And then she says, "Yes, I have." No, seen no, no. It's good if you say that. It's still good. That's you can't. That's. <laughs> I think I can. Anne-Marie said nice things. Then she said, No. Yes, I've seen a dead body. My dad died when I was 15 and we were all required to view him. It was pretty awful. I just remember his complexion was yellow and waxy and I wish I'd never seen him like that. Mm. I feel like that about Mm. my grandfather. I wish I never saw him because he didn't look like him. She said, probably more interesting, I've also met a cannibal. What? Yep. Growing up as a kid in PNG, we once gave a lift to our friend's old gardener. When he was a boy, his family still headhunted and ate human flesh. <gasps> she was worried that she was wearing shorts that day. <laughs> and his, <laughs> her mum said she could see him stealing hungry glances at my thighs. Oh. That's very good wording. Hungry glances. <laughs> I really like that. Mm. And the thighs are always the bit, isn't it? That's the meat. I'm having bit. chicken thighs for dinner tonight. <laughs> the thigh, the yeah. thigh is the best bit of the well, chicken. You'd no think question. So. Now, Why do said, people waste their time with chicken breasts? Oh, I don't know. But if you're eating chicken breasts, you're an idiot. Exactly. Go the thigh. It's got a bit of fat in it. Yes, it does. we all know that. But let's pretend we don't know it and it's much tastier. 
Okay, so if you're on on an island with Dee Dee and there's nothing to eat and she may be stealing hungry <laughs> glances at your thighs, she said her mum also owned a P&G cookbook which had instructions in it on how to cook human meat. <laughs> She's going to try and find it for us. I would love to read it. <laughs> I would love to read that. All right, please send us some recipes from the book. Anne-Marie, find that book. That's actually stomach-churning. You go. All right. This is from Laura. This is an email that came in at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Love getting emails. It's so exciting. Uh, I check it all the time to see if a new one's in there. Laura said nice things, of course, and then? She does, actually, and uses exclamation marks, but I'll skip over them. Hey, I find dead bodies so fascinating and low-key want to be a funeral director, except I didn't study anything to do with it. Instead, I'm currently in the process to become a police officer where I will most definitely be seeing lots of dead bodies. Exclamation mark again. To date, I have seen a few dead bodies of friends and family members at funerals. Yeah, they don't count. Uh, however, these people died of old age or cancer, so are relatively normal deaths. My most interesting dead body and only other dead, only other dead body I've seen was when I was 19 and working at the cinema. After the movie, <laughs> you can see what's coming, can't you? I know. This is coming at you like a freight train down a tunnel. I know. After the movie finished... <laughs> She's putting brackets, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> Perfect. I went in to clean the cinema to find someone still sitting in their seat. No. I had heard this was quite common among as, as people often fall asleep in movies. I was a little scared, though, as I didn't want him to hit me as he woke up. Hey, how do you, when you wake up, do you, how do you wake up? Do you wake up like, or do you wake up with a fright? Or? I wake up kind of dazed but nicholas wakes up like he's been shot through the heart <laughs> like what it always Sit gets up. me like it's a big like breathing of air and his eyes are wide open and he has no idea what's going on it gets me every time i reckon it's a male female thing i don't know any women who wake up punchy my husband wakes up punchy he's like whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like oh, up, he's up, he's tense, he's ready to like go. That. Once he jumped up out of bed because he heard a noise, I think it was an imaginary noise, and he got up and he was sleeping with just a T-shirt on. And I don't know why that is the funniest look on a man, <laughs> just the T-shirt, nothing down, and just up, you know, arms out, ready to attack the burglars. And I said, darling, if there is a burglar, you look so non-threatening right now. He's going to laugh at you. <clears throat> okay. Um, I didn't want him to hit me as he woke up. So I went and grabbed a colleague to come with me to wake him up. Instead of coming up the stairs to almost the top row, my colleague waited at the bottom. Smart. <laughs> so smart. I went up to the man and tapped his collarbone a couple of times. Again, which bit would you – where would you – well, no, I Col- would. Collarbone? Yeah, that makes sense. Intrusive. Where would, what would you tap? You can't tap – tapping someone – a hand? Yeah, maybe the hand. Maybe shoulder. Yeah, uh, I think shoulder. But collarbone's yeah. kind of – Yeah. Uh, tapped the collarbone a couple of times and said, excuse me, sir, the movie is finished. He didn't respond. I tried again. Still nothing. Then my colleague looked at me and was like, is he even alive? Yeah. Twice you tap out. She thought he looked very pale. I was then like, OMG, I don't think he is. I then sprinted to my manager's office and him and a couple of other senior members came along. I was uh, told to go and tell the ticket bar to stop selling tickets to the next movie in that cinema. Of course. I didn't see the dead body again, but I was told by them they dragged him down the steps to the bottom <gasps> and did CPR on him. No, he's already – he's dead. Well, they had to try. Oh, okay, yeah. 
It could, couldn't Sorry. have been. Well, I've really ruled him out then. He's dead. You'd have to look at the running time of Guardians of the Galaxy too, but it doesn't, what's really, a movie? It doesn't really go well for the directors and actors of that movie, it's does it? It's not the movie's fault. But, I, I mean, know. what's a movie? It's like 90 minutes to 120, so he can't have been dead that long. So they tried to, um, uh, let me see, Laura says, apparently a lot of vomit came out. <gasps> Paramedics pronounced him dead and then he lay there for a couple of hours until the hearse arrived. Crazy. As it was Monday, a quiet day at the cinema and I also had sold him his ticket as the last person to interact with him alive and the person to find him. I was prime suspect. Ha ha, says Laura, and was interviewed by the police for a witness statement. So, yeah, quite an interesting story that I'm sure you will both enjoy. Wow, 19 she was when that happened. He was at the movies by himself. That's That was what I just thought, yeah. yeah but... I've gone to the movies by myself. Was that a good movie? I don't know. I didn't see it. I hope it was a good movie. Like in Soylent Green. Have you seen Soylent Green? Did I mention that the other day in one of our other podcasts? No. Charlton Heston movie, so it's way in the future. And it's, Maybe it's a nice way to die. Well, in this movie, when people go into this room to die, mm. they have these beautiful pictures projected onto the walls around them yeah. so they can die surrounded by love. So I hope Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a good movie and that was a happy ending for him. There we are. Um, we've had lots of responses. We well, have. We've had lots of emails. It's terrifying. Yeah. They may or may not say nice things. I'm more terrified of the emails than I am of dead bodies. <laughs> Don't be. No, no, no. They've been good. Please keep them coming um, and we may share more with you in our next episode of Dead Bodies. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.